If it's the weekend, it's time to have fun with your pet. But when it comes to technology, apps, and what's hot, you don't want to waste money or waste your or your pet's time. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. In today's show, Lorian and her guests will keep you in the know to keep your pet happy as well as you and your family. Now here's your host, Lorian Clemens. Hello and welcome to Pet Lover Geek. Now, if you are listening to this show, it's because you love pets and you love geeking out about the science behind pets. And today we're going to be talking about the human-animal bond and we're going to start off the show with science that proves that having a pet in your life makes you healthier. I was really lucky a few months ago while I was attending VMX. It's a big, huge veterinary show that happens once a year in Orlando. I got a chance to sit down with Steve Feldman. He runs a group called Habri, and you're going to get to meet him next. And he is going to talk about the science behind the human-animal bond. And then the entire rest of the show is going to be really great stuff about bonding more strongly with your pet. So without any further ado, my interview with Steve Feldman from Habri. Steve, let's just start off. What is Habri and why do people need to know about it? <laughs> Habri is the Human Animal Bond Research Institute. Kind of a mouthful, so we say Habri. Right. Uh, we do scientific research on the human health benefits of having pets. And I think all of us are kind of like, yeah, well, duh, like there's a huge benefit for, for, for having pets. But you guys do all your stuff with science, which of course is perfect for this audience. So tell me, what do you mean? Like, give me some examples of some of the research you guys have done. Well, you're right. Most pet lovers do know mm-hmm. that pets are good for them. Right. All you have to do is be greeted by your dog or your cat when you come home after a long day. What we do is look at specific health benefits for specific groups. So, for example, we've funded a number, number of projects on children with autism. Oh, cool. Uh, we know, for example, that uh, autistic children undergoing social skills training Uh, do better when a therapy dog is incorporated in that training. We funded a long-term study on pet dogs in the home that showed that there was more family harmony Mm -hmm. um, when in a family with a child with autism when there was a dog. One of the things it showed was that the primary caregiver, Mm -hmm. normally mom or dad, was less stressed. Oh, great. Which, Uh, of course, makes the whole relationship better. (laughs) Sure. Um, There's other research that looks at um, heart health Mm. and physical exercise. There's a number of studies, um, even beyond what we've funded, which show that uh, you're more likely to have lower blood pressure, you're more likely to get your recommended exercise. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, the American Heart Association has even said that pet ownership uh, is associated with better heart health. Now tell me, now we're here at VMX, and I know that that Habri and NAVC has recently partnered. Tell me about this program that you've got. It's a certification program for veterinarians, correct? Well, that's right. So Habri has the science, right? right? A great deal of science to show that pets are good for us. We've also done some research to show that veterinarians are the trusted uh, messengers Mm -hmm. for this information right? uh, for pet parents. Uh, NAVC has amazing technology to deliver online programming and education to veterinarians. So we have the content, they have this amazing platform, mm-hmm. it's a great partnership to bring this information to the veterinary community. Okay, I find out that my veterinarian has been NA, uh, NAVC Habri certified, right? What does this mean? What, what, what's the benefit for me as pet parent? So we hope pet parents will ask their veterinarian, are you human animal bond certified? And here's what that means. Okay. The veterinarian goes through that training. 
uh, they go through it online, mm -hmm. and they learn all about the science of the human-animal bond and how to communicate that and how to respect and honor the bond when they deal with their clients, with those pet parents, and mm -hmm. their patients, the mm -hmm. pets. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you, as a, uh, a pet parent, go to a veterinarian who is human-animal bond certified, right. you know they're always thinking about the relationship that you have with your pet. Right. And it, it makes the, the medical care for your pet better. Mm -hmm. It makes your relationship with your veterinarian better. Better communication it usually means better care. Can you give me an example about, because I mean there's part of me that in, I feel like inherently a veterinarian would get the bond that I have with an animal because they, they chose to go into veterinary care, they love animals, they know about that tight love that people can have for animals, so don't they already get it, quote unquote? It's kind of the same thing you mentioned, like pet parents, they already kind of know there's this bond, but the science, but so what What benefit then is the science? I mean, I, I also understand intrinsically how the more educated you are will help, but can you give me some examples about what makes that this extra training better for the veterinarian and you? So you've probably been in your veterinary exam room and there's a poster on the wall for, maybe it's for a drug that you can't or pronounce. Right, or heartworm or something scary. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's a name you can't pronounce or right. something like that. Do you, right. do you have a conversation uh, with your veterinarian about what's on that poster? Now imagine that there's a poster on the wall of the exam room that says, here are the five things uh, that your pets can do for your health. Mm-hmm. I bet you will have a conversation right. about yeah. that. Right. So, of course, I will say that animal health companies play an important role in all of this. Sure, sure. Uh, and they're sponsors of Habri and they're sponsors of NAVC, and they recognize and honor the bond, which is why they're um, supporting this effort. But the idea is that you'll have a conversation, mm -hmm. a meaningful conversation, not just about your pet's health, not just about vaccines or whatever you're there for, right? but you'll really be talking about how is your relationship right? and what's going on there. Just knowing more about the family that this pet is part of, I think could probably have a lot better care long term for that pet. Well, that's right. And, you know, the practice of veterinary medicine can strengthen or break the bond, mm -hmm. right? If you really have trouble giving your pet a bath, Mm. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> One and cat. Then yes. The, and then the and then the veterinarian says, "I need you to take this shampoo and bathe your animal twice a week." Right. Uh, and it's stressful and it's hard, and you're and you're frustrated. That's that creates a fracture in your mm -hmm. bond with mm -hmm. your pet. If the veterinarian knows and understands and asks about that and thinks about your bond he might choose a different treatment mm -hmm. um, that, that strengthens the bond. He might choose a, a, a pill instead of a shampoo. Right, right, right. And so they can think about uh, all the tools in their toolbox to make sure that you have a strong bond with your pet. Yeah, that's, that, that actually, that's a perfect example of like how that makes sense. We, we have four fur kids at home. They're all completely different personalities. And some of them, for example, take pills very well. I can hide it in anything and she will eat it. And the other one, we find the pills on the floor, you know, across the room because, so that type of, of thing, whereas one might be great with pills and another one might need a, 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 an oral suspension or something else like that. Well, that's right. So, so when the veterinarian is thinking about the bond, it impacts how they uh, practice medicine in a very positive way. So what, what's the response from veterinarians? I mean, I, I, I know from the past from interviewing veterinarians about different new things that are out there, and there's a lot coming at them all the time, a lot of new, a lot of you know, this new thing and that new technique and all that. Um, what's the response been from veterinarians about this new certification program? 
What's great about the Human Animal Bond Certification Program is that veterinarians are on solid ground because they're scientists and mm -hmm. they're used mm -hmm. to science. So this gives them um, a safe way, way that they understand to interact with their clients mm -hmm. because we're giving them the scientific information that shows that your pet is good for your heart, your pet is good for getting exercise, mm -hmm. can reduce anxiety, depression, and stress. So they have these scientific studies at their disposal and they can communicate all of that in a way that veterinarians are used to, which is from a scientific perspective. Let me ask you this too. From what we have talked about in the past on this show, we had the, the folks from the Fear Free program, uh, Dr. Marty Becker, and they were talking about, is this, does this kind of go hand in hand? It feels like it goes hand in hand with what they're trying to do with Fear Free. I think that the Human Animal Bond Certified program does go hand in hand with Fear Free. In that case, you're really thinking about the, the, the comfort and stress mm -hmm. levels of, mm -hmm. the, of the pet as they come into the clinic. Right. And these things will work really well together. Great. You're thinking about the bond between the pet and the pet parent. You're thinking about how the pet is feeling. This also uh, goes to how the, how the pet parent is feeling. It's really two sides of the same coin. I have to say the response from veterinarians to this has been tremendous. You know, we did an online sign-up prior to this conference oh, right, at yeah. VMX so that uh, we could see how much interest there was. And thousands of veterinarians, vet techs, practice managers have all signed up to get more information. So it's going live and we're putting people through this online course. It's very exciting. That is very exciting. So say that I want to encourage my vet clinic, how would I get them to, to learn more about this? Well, the first thing you should do is ask them about it. Tell them that they can go online. They can go to NAVC.com. They can go to Habri.org. We all have links back to how you can sign up and learn more about the mm -hmm, course. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you'll be able to look for a, a window cling uh, <laughs> and brochures and those posters we talked about right, in right. your veterinarian's office. But the first thing you should do is ask them about it. Make sure they know about it. They can sign up and take the course. Tell them that that's something you're really interested in. And is there is there a big cost for them to do this? Um, well, the price right now is two $2.99. Oh, okay. That's it. Uh, Just like 300 bucks for the, for the bucks. best? Okay. You get, you, get, you get certified. You get a great kit of material that you can share with mm -hmm. your clients, mm -hmm. uh, with your pet parents in your community. One of the important things, I'm glad you mentioned community. Yeah. One of the modules is called Community Engagement. Oh. And it's how you can take this important information about pets outside of the walls of the vet clinic to share it with your community. So whether as a veterinarian you're helping a therapy animal organization mm. or uh, communicating with the doctors, the human medical doctors right. in your area so right. that they know about all of this, uh, we're giving the tools so veterinarians can share this. Because if you think about it, your pet helps make you and your family healthier. Mm -hmm. and and more responsible pet ownership in your community has actually been shown by science to make a, a more tight-knit community. I, can, I was just thinking, I mean, I'm thinking like the Parks and Rec Department as they're building more, you know, dog-friendly spaces for everybody and, and, and cat, cat cafes coming into the town and all these different things. I can think that this type of... Um, you know, resource from the veterinarian side can only help those type of endeavors. So that's really, really cool stuff. Awesome. Anything else that you want to add before we wrap it up? Well, I like to say that um, we all know it's important to eat our vegetables to be a healthy person. We all know we should get our exercise to be a healthy person. I like to say 
a pet belongs on the list. Get a pet. It's part of being a healthy person. Awesome. I love that. And I, I'm sure our local Humane Society loves that, too. <laughs> Thank you so much, Steve. It was terrific getting to meet you. Thanks for taking the time. I know that you are incredibly busy while you're here. Really great to meet you Pleasure and, and to talk, talk with you. you. Well, there you have it, folks. Having a pet in your life is just as important as exercise and eating vegetables. Science says it's true. Now, stick around because we've got some really great guests coming up on the show today. We're going to talk to folks that are experts in both cats and experts in dogs and they're going to talk to us about really important things that you can do to solidify that bond particularly if you're bringing in an animal that maybe is a little bit older rehomed rescue a shelter pet because we all know that sometimes building that bond between those pets and yourself can be a little bit challenging at times so i'm really excited about that stick around we've got a lot more really great stuff on pet lover geek brought to you by pet hub on voice america Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please send an email to petlovergeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Pet Lover Geek. Today we're talking about the bonds we form with our pets. It's no joke how important animals have become in our lives. In fact, did you know that according to research that was recently done by Science Direct, in the last 10 years, humans are spending more time and money on dogs and cats than ever before. In fact, dogs uh, are uh, occupying a very significant role in our hearts and lives. And dog owners, many of whom would consider themselves dog parents, have reported that attachments to their dogs are as strong as, if not stronger than, their attachments to their best friends, their children, and even their spouses. But there are some things that you can actually do to increase that bond even more, believe it or not. And one of the great ways to do that is to learn how to read your dog, how to understand their language that they're speaking, because they are speaking to you. And to help us learn more about this, we have the founder of I Speak Dog, Tracy Krulik, with us on the show today. Tracy, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you. Hi, thanks. I'm really excited to be here. All right. Now, let's, let's start first by, you know, what does this mean? 
uh, what is exactly is I Speak Dog and what you do? Okay. So I Speak Dog is a website uh, that I created with some incredibly talented people last year um, to help people better understand why their dogs do what they do and what different emotions look like. Essentially, um, you know, we, we as people, we, when, you know, you walk into a room at a party and you, you go through the door and people turn your way and you, and you suddenly get, you know, self-conscious, like, uh, is there something in my teeth? Why are they all staring at me? You know, and you start projecting all of these, these thoughts in your head onto these people where they may not even have noticed you. They just kind of turn that way or, or maybe they actually think, Oh, I love her hair. I want to see who, she, who does her hair. Um, and, and so it's sort of just in our nature as people to, to kind of project stuff onto each other. Um, and so when it comes to our dogs, it's really easy to do that because they don't speak to us, right? We have to, we have to infer what's going on. So I speak dog um, exists to help people kind of like, you know, get out of their heads a little bit and really be able to break it down and go, okay, my dog just chewed the couch. Why did that happen? You know, what, what the heck is going on there and, and what could I do about it? I'm reminded like the anthropomorphizing of animals. I do this constantly and, and I, I know that that's not fair to them. So this is, you're kind of helping us like, okay, step back. They're, the, the, human, yeah. the human speak is not the same as the dog speak. So go ahead. Give us the example you're saying about the couch. Well, okay. So a way that I like to explain it is that it's kind of like the words there, there, and there in English, that they, they all sound exactly the same, but if you saw them on paper, they're written differently and they have different meanings, right? Well, dog behaviors follow the same kind of a pattern. So chewing may be a dog who loves to chew because dogs, many dogs love to chew. It's, it's in their DNA. So, so if you have a dog who's chewing, you need to figure out what does that chewing mean? Is it because he enjoys chewing or is he chewing because he's scared? He's left home alone and he's chewing the doorframe because he's trying to get out. He's scared. So we have this same behavior, but if we're going to do something about it, if we're going to stop the chewing, if it falls under the bucket of dog being a dog, we're going to train it one way. And if it falls under the bucket of it's happening because the dog is scared, we're going to approach it a totally different way. So by understanding that, we can help our dogs live more harmoniously with us and everybody can be happier. Well, and dogs do have a language. I mean, anybody that's had a dog and been around a dog for a long time knows that, that there, are, there are certain cues that they give us all the time. Sometimes we don't necessarily watch for those cues, but like in, in, I'm going to talk about my two pups. So I have two dogs that are vastly different and the way that they approach strangers for example to me the way I look at them I'm like wow they approach people totally differently both look though to the stranger like they're wagging their tail one is wagging his tail because he's really excited to see you and he can't wait to meet you the other one is wagging her tail I'm not exactly sure what is she saying with that wagtail but it is not because she wants to meet you so can you talk a little bit it's kind of the same thing like the chewing like they're different meanings to that seemingly same yeah. word that's being spoken by the dog's body. Yeah. 
So, so what we do on I Speak Dog is we actually break it down to a really simple three-step formula. It's our um, how to speak dog formula. And the, the three steps are one, what is the dog doing? So in this case, it's, you know, greeting somebody um, or, or, you know, approaching someone or, 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 you know, just the body, you, somebody coming up to them. So it's that kind of a context. Step two is what is the dog's body language? So that's when we take a look and we break it down. What's going on? Is the dog leaning forward? Are they pulling back? Are they jumping on people? Do they look stiff or do we see a lot of eye white showing? Um, and then the third one is what is the context? You know, is it a bunch of kids there? Um, is it a new person, somebody they're familiar with? And so we take those three questions and we use the website kind of like um, it's, it's, it's like, uh, like an encyclopedia sort of. You click on what's the dog doing and it takes you to a bunch of different um, buttons that you can press, like jumping on people or barking or growling or different things. And then you would go to the what is the dog's body language. You would go to the I Speak Dog Body Language Gallery where you see images of dogs that are happy and dogs that are scared and dogs that are aggressive and dogs that are submissive. And, and, and you think, okay, what does my dog look like in this situation and compare it to those pictures? And, and then you take the third one, the context, to kind of put everything together. So one of the things we talk about um, on I Speak Dog is um, what's called pro-social behavior. That, um, you know, I think everybody's heard the term antisocial, um, which means they don't want anything to do with mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. Pro-social is really happy to meet other dogs, other people, right? So one of your dogs sounds to be more pro-social, like doesn't have a fear of people, is eager to say hi, and is doing common pro-social behaviors, like I'm guessing maybe a little jumping up. Does, mm-hmm. does, do you see that? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, we right. do, although we're getting better with that. We're, we're working through those, those, those uh, not acceptable social behaviors. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, when, when I meet a dog, you know, when somebody calls me up and they say, oh, my dog is jumping on people, it's making me crazy, I'm like, congratulations, <laughs> you have a happy, friendly dog. Yes, you know, like, we do. That's really great news, because we can teach a dog that's jumping up to do a really solid sit-stay right. and wait to be, wait to be petted, um, but to teach a dog who's afraid of people, who's exhibiting antisocial behaviors, like they're, they're pulling away, they're leaning away, they stiffen, they get a lot of eye whites showing. Some, some antisocial dogs will even growl or snap. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to help that dog overcome the fear. So we've got two different dogs greeting people in two totally different ways. One is an easy fix to just teach this dog to control its happy instincts. And the other one, now we've got a fearful dog and it's going to take a, you know, a lot longer and a lot more patience to help that dog greet people in a better way. Now I want to talk about folks using the site because, you know, if, if I'm in, obviously when I'm in the situation, I'm not going to be pulling it up on my smartphone and trying to figure out, okay, what is he doing right. now? Because that's obviously a little right. bit too late. So, so let's talk about the best way to approach using I Speak Dog. Well, what we have, so if, if you win an order on the website, first we introduce the How to Speak Dog formula. Um, so that would be the first tab just to kind of get the idea for what this formula is. 
Then you would go to the next tab, which is Let's Speak Dogs. And what we've done there is we've broken out nine different examples, actually 10 because there's an example on the example page. Um, so, so 10 different common situations that occur, puppy biting, dog doesn't listen when you call them, barking, pulling on leash, jumping on guests, are they fighting or playing, these kinds of things. And we walk you through the formula and show you how to use the website, teach you how to use the website from there. And then once you've gone through all of those and you really get it, okay, I get what I'm doing. I totally get it. I totally get it. Then you can on your own go back and, you know, play through any kind of scenario. My dog does this or my dog does that. And you can go through it and, and, and figure things out. What, what, what I'll say is, once you get into the habit of asking these three questions, it's pretty amazing when you're out in the field and you're out with your dog and you start to think, oh, my dog is being so stubborn. That becomes like a cue. Wait a minute. I've got to ask my three questions. Mm-hmm. And you can stop yourself and really figure things out right on the spot once you're used to asking those questions. So it's about studying the, the process and the, and the way of approaching it first, and then you can start to, to put it into action. And have you actually, and I'm, and I'm sure you have, like, how people are able to better bond with their dog if they're actually able to start reading and, and understanding their do- the language that their dog is using? Well, it's just, there's less of a struggle. There's less mm-hmm. of a power struggle and there's less of, you know, it, when my dog starts barking or pulling or whatever, I don't think, I mean, I used to, I'm human. I'm like everybody else. Right. Right. So I used to just get frustrated and why won't she listen and whatever. I don't have those thoughts anymore. Right. Because, because I know she's being a dog and, and, and we gotta, we gotta work together. We gotta figure things out together. So um, I, I know friends and family and others who've used this website who are like just stunned that how much happier they are with their dog and how much happier their dog seems to be. Awesome. Tell people where they can find out more about I Speak Dog. It is ispeakdog.org. Fantastic. Thank you so much with your time, Tracy. This is really great stuff. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Stay tuned, pet lovers. We're going to talk more about how you can deepen that connection that you have with your pets. Talk about some fun things that you can do as well for that bond to grow. And while you're waiting for our next guest, make sure you check out our Facebook page because we've got links to a lot of the possum goodies that we've been talking about today. Pet Lover Geek will be right back after these messages from Voice America. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. 
Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Now, we have talked to some super cool people today so far about how you can bridge the gap between you and the animal in your life. Bring you and your pet closer, particularly if you're talking about a rehomed animal, a, a pet that maybe you haven't had that immediate connection with. And so we're talking about that today. And we've talked a lot about dogs on the show. But we need to give some love to our feline family members as well. Because we know, you know, there's a stigma that humans are just servants to the cats. And the cats really don't care that you exist at all. Just give me food and they'll be fine. Well, we're here to break that stereotype. And we're going to talk with an expert today on how you can increase the bond with the cats. And we have for that Marcy Kosky. She is a renowned certified feline behavior and training consultant, and she is the mastermind behind Feline Behavior Solutions. Welcome back to the show, Marcy. Oh, thank you so much. It's it's really nice to be back here. I mentioned, you know, we we always hear those stories about, you know, dogs are your friends, cats, you know, your friend to a dog, your servant to your cat, that type of thing. And, Mm -hmm. And that they just you, there's a stigma about cats that they don't really love us. They're just tolerating us because we provide them food. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I got to say, I know at least from our cats at home, we have one cat that loves everybody that comes in the door, just wants to snuggle, snuggle, snuggle. And then we have another cat that, frankly, could care less that I exist, but she loves my husband so much, and she just wants nothing more than to be on his lap and loving on him. And I think that a lot of people don't necessarily experience that. So... Can you kind of talk a a little bit about why cats get that label about being so non-interested in humans? Sure. And and cats really are very different than dogs. Um, But like all other animals and humans as well, each cat is an individual. So each cat is going to have its own personality, its own preferences in terms of what he or she likes, um, and what motivates them. So some cats will be motivated by food, you know, like, oh, the cat's only coming out when it's hungry. Um, But other cats really enjoy being around people because it gives them comfort um, and security and sometimes just warmth. Um, So cats really are motivated um, by what they enjoy. Dogs really like to please people for, you know, a lot of dogs, and that's a a general stereotype, but um, cats are motivated, I think, by a wider range of things. Um, But there are definitely ways to figure out what your cat enjoys and how um, you can give that cat what she likes so that you can background actually she just dragged a toy in here (laughs) she just dragged a toy in and announced herself it was really cute that's awesome well let's let's talk about that so so you know and we've talked a little bit on this show about you know bonding with your pet when you first get them depends on what situation it is so let's talk first about 
let's say a kitten, right? Either, whether you're adopting them from a shelter or maybe you're getting it from a breeder or a friend who's, whose cat had a litter. When you've got a kitten, a, a small eight to 10 week old um, creature joining your life, what's the best way to start that bonding process? Yeah, so a kitten that young is still within the critical socialization period, uh, approximately, It, which goes from about two to seven to two to nine to two to 12 weeks, depending on who you ask. So if you're getting a young kitten, the best thing you can do is handle them um, and get them used to being held and carried and petted um, and use a lot of positive reinforcement um, so that that cat has very positive experiences being handled. Um, And then you can also uh, introduce that cat to other people, um, other objects, other experiences. And again, using positive reinforcement, um, like sweet talk, petting, affection, treats, whatever the cat enjoys, so that your cat will associate those experiences with positive things. Um, And so cats that are handled at that early age tend to be more social, um, more accepting of being handled, and um, more outgoing. So handling a kitten that young is really important and and really giving that cat a good experience with being handled. Okay. Yeah. And Trust me, I mean, who doesn't want to hold a kitten? They're exactly. so cute. Um, <laughs> now, let's then talk about, you've got maybe an older cat uh, mm-hmm. that's coming into your life. And and particularly cats that are coming from a rescue or a shelter situation, you really don't know what their background was. Sometimes yeah. you'll get a, you'll be rehoming a cat from a family member and you'll, they're There'll be some knowledge there about what their background is, but let's assume that you have no idea what the background is. And I mean, I know when when I've taken in rescue dogs, for example, I mean, we just get treat after treat after treat. We do fetch. We do walks. We do so much play. So they're like, ah, being with this human is awesome. Not so with some of the cats that we've brought in. They, they want to hide. They don't, you know. Yeah. So what's the best way to bond with that cat that you're bringing in that's being rehomed with you that maybe isn't so sure about humans? Right. So the first thing about bringing home um, a new cat, especially if it's older, is you have to give that cat space to feel safe and secure um, and really start carving out its new territory in in your home. And that's the the primary thing is just helping that cat feel safe and secure. And um, because cats have very complex personalities, a relationship between the person in the house is going to take time. Um, Of course, there are some cats that are just super easygoing and are like, yay, I'm here and I love you. (laughs) We have one of those. She's just like, awesome, (laughs) this is my house, pet me. Exactly. (laughs) But then there are these other cats who are, they can be shy and fearful. And those are the cats you need to help feel safe as the priority. And helping that cat feel safe may not include you right at first. So it's really important to um, set up a small room. Um, If you have a spare bedroom, that's great. Or you can use your bedroom as long as you give that cat um, a a safe hiding spot. So like a a box or a 
a cat carrier, something that the cat will feel safe in in hiding. Um, or you can put a cat tree in so the cat can go up and enjoy vertical space and see the room that it's in. Um, you want to have toys in there and um, food and water and definitely a litter box. And if your cat is very shy, you're going to want to go into that room and maybe just sit down and read aloud so that your cat starts Um, getting used to the sound of your voice and the way you move. You want to try to be very predictable in your movements and the sounds you make, so nothing um, startling. You may even put a blanket that you've had on your bed for a while um, in your cat's room, if if that cat is not in your bedroom, so that your cat can get used to your scent. Um, And then you want to associate those things that, that are related to you, like a blanket with good things. So if your cat enjoys treats, you might leave some treats down on the blanket. So the cat's like, hmm, whenever I see or smell this person coming in, good things happen. Yeah, so I get, I get salmon treats. This is yeah, a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Salmon treats, but also, um, or uh, any, any type of treat. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your cat isn't motivated by treats, that's that's an issue. What do you do if your cat isn't motivated by food or treats? Well, um, you can use play. Play is really a great way to bond with your cat. So um, if your cat doesn't have any aggressive tendencies, you might put down uh, a handful of catnip. Um, I'm reminded by uh, of a story of a cat named Kalua that I uh, worked with at Furry Friends, the, the cat shelter um, that I volunteer at. And Kalua was the biggest, he was a very large tuxedo cat. And when he was brought into the shelter because his um, human parents couldn't care for him any longer, um, he was a very big cat and he just hid in a cupboard in our medical isolation room for like two weeks. And everybody's scared of him because you open up the cupboard a little bit and he would just hiss and spit. And honestly, I've never been scared of a cat like I was with Kalua. <laughs> but somebody discovered um, they had accidentally dropped a little bit of catnip on the floor and Kalua came out and just started rolling around in it. And that opened the door literally um, to starting Kalua on his journey of like, oh, when I come out, good things happen. You know, we discovered you really like treats. So then we started giving him treats and then he really enjoyed playing. So we started playing with him and he came out and I could hold him and pet him. And he was just the, the best little boy. Yeah. And I, so here's the other follow up question. And uh, what if you're in a household <laughs> like mine and uh-huh. you have an animal that um, just loves one of the humans in the house, yeah. but really could care less about the other humans. Are there ways to create bonds when it's not a new cat, but you know that, gosh, this cat just doesn't like me as much as he likes Mm -hmm. my roommate or whatever? Mm -hmm. Well, then I think that's when you start um, trying to share the the responsibilities. Like um, if your partner is always feeding the cat, maybe you take turns feeding the cat and giving the cat um, breakfast or or dinner, or you take turns playing with the cat or... um, you know, like in the evening when the cat comes to snuggle, um, your partner on the couch, maybe you sit on the other side of the cat and allow him to um, get some experience sitting next to you as well. Um, and of course, petting just on on his terms, you know, like you don't want to you don't want to don't want to force anything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Letting, no. letting I, I'm the now, cat 
Yeah. yeah let, letting the cat come to you is a big part in building trust. Right now, uh, Taz really thinks of me as she's the person that gives me treats in the morning, and that's her value in my life uh-huh. because that's uh-huh. where we see each other is first thing in the morning. She lets me give her a treat, and then I don't see her again unless she's on Tom's oh. lap. But uh, whatever. Uh, uh, <laughs> all good. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. We're out of time. Uh, I would love it if you could tell people where they can find out more from you, Marcy. Well, my website is www.felinebehaviorsolutions.com. That's felinebehaviorsolutions.com. Um, and you can contact me through my website and check out my, my blog. I have lots of articles there to help you resolve behavior issues you're having with your cat. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Stick around, pet lovers. Our last guest, we're going to be talking to an amazing dog trainer and behavior specialist who focuses on using positive reinforcement techniques to increase the trust between you and your pooch, particularly when your pooch is somebody that just came into your life, perhaps a rescue situation. So while you wait, take a few minutes to love on your pet. Think about different things that Marcy just told you about that you can do to deepen the bond with them. And remember, the Pet Lover Geek brought to you by Pet Hub will be right back on Voice America. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And we are back, pet lovers. Today we've been talking about that special bond that exists between you and your pet, particularly dogs, and about how you can increase that bond. Now, a big part of bonding with dogs, as we've mentioned a couple of times in the episode so far, is through training, helping them to learn how to interact, live with you in polite and predictable ways, and how you train them goes a long way in building that really close, solid bond with them. So for our last guest, we're going to be talking with a New York-based dog trainer who spends her time using and teaching positive reinforcement dog training techniques. And 
that that helps build trust and respect and really brings dogs and their pet parents closer together. So we're really excited to be joined by Shelby Smell. She is the senior trainer and founder at Shelby Smell Dog Training. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, Shelby. Hi, thank you for having me. So one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is something that actually pops up all over your site, uh, and it's something that has been talked about a lot, uh, particularly in the last few years in the dog community, and that's positive reinforcement training. So tell us a little bit about, about that, and maybe what is different with positive reinforcement training than what people think of as traditional training. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, a lot has changed in the last five or ten years with um, a definite you know, shift toward positive reinforcement dog training, which is basically letting your dog know when they've done something correct and giving them some sort of reward for it, whether it be food, praise, um, love, pets, a life reward, um, rather than focusing on when they're doing something wrong and correcting it with something punitive. So, uh, for example, your dog sits, they get a treat, or they get petted, as opposed to if your dog doesn't sit, you yank a chain, and then it makes them feel like they need to sit. So that's really the main difference there. It's more science-based um, to use these, these rewards and positive reinforcement methods. Okay, great. So, and I, and I, I love positive reinforcement. It's actually how we've approached both of our dogs, training both of our dogs. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one, we didn't know that that's what we were doing. Um, but then at the second one, we, we brought him in, and we actually took classes and everything. But like, oh, cool, that's kind of what we already do. But I would like to... So, like, so, so there are times, though, particularly with a younger dog, that they're doing something that you mm-hmm. really want them to stop. Um, right. <laughs> so what, what is the way that you approach that? Because, I mean, you see um, there are some fairly famous trainers that are out there that use discipline or shame or physical restraint when they're training the dogs or, you know, mm-hmm. the quick t- tugs on the chain or, or the, the leash or whatever. Um, and... But what should you do if you if you want your dog to stop doing a behavior or they're doing something that maybe is harmful to still mm-hmm. be in that whole positive reinforcement mode? Right. So we're all about interrupting. So whether that, like changing the state of mind, whether that's using a kissy noise or a clap or a hey. Um, and for a very, you know, sound sensitive dog, a hey can be a punishment, right? Um, it's about interrupting and then redirecting. How can you reroute your dog to do what you do want them to do? Um, you know, it's very easy to tell a dog or a kid for that matter, don't do this, don't do that. But the other piece of the equation is, okay, what can I do so that next time I can make a better choice, right? So no, don't choose that chair, but here, take this bone, right? With a little bit of an interruption in between, mm-hmm. um, you know, Even with positive reinforcement, yes, the correction a little bit is there. It's just not supposed to be detrimental to the dog's well-being, right? Right. So it shouldn't have any fallout side effects. So you want to use the lowest possible correction. Uh, So, again, like I very much stick to like a hey or, you know, a clap. Again, even a kissy noise, something that's just going to make them stop for a moment. And then you get to praise them for stopping. They did the correct thing, right? You you helped them do it, but they did it. Um, and then I like to call them over, use a few cues, and then say, here, now take this phone, chew on this instead, or go to lay to your bed. That's what I want from you, right? So right. don't do this, but do that instead. Well, and you talk a lot about how a lot of the training is actually not about training the dogs. It's actually training the the pet parent <laughs> how to communicate. Sure, yeah. And how to, yeah, and how to not to use that fear and submission or even intimidation, because it can be very easy, especially if the dog is a smaller dog, to, you know, right 
use that intimidation. And so, so what are the things that you maybe do to help people learn how to always use these positive methods? I like to actually really uh, explain it in terms of teaching a toddler, right? Mm. Um, I think people relate to that a little bit mm-hmm. in the sense that fine, this is an animal living in your home, but we want to be using the same methods that you would do if you had a three-year-old, right? Um, sometimes you do need to just ignore the things you don't like as long as they're not going to harm themselves or something you own. You know, if a dog is jumping up at you and you don't like it, you ignore it. You don't want to give extra attention to something that you don't want to continue. Just as if sometimes a child is throwing a little bit of a tantrum and the more you cater to it, um, the more they're likely to do it again to get your attention. Right. Uh, so I think that sometimes by using the analogy of what you would do with a child, many, many people are able to then kind of come up with decisions on their own when I'm not there, um, as in, hmm, what would I do if this was my three-year-old, you know? Right. Um, and I think that that helps a lot. And just the science behind it. I mean, when you explain why you're doing something, it's not just here, ask your dog to do this, then do that, give me this. It's why are we doing this, right? Mm-hmm. We're doing this so your dog learns an alternative behavior. We're doing this so your dog understands that if it does this, it can have that. So, uh, you know, it's making your dog want to work for it. And when owners see results, they, they want to do it that way. You know, it's kind, it's fun. The dogs usually love learning in this manner. So training sessions are not stressful. They're super exciting. And the dogs, you know, are looking forward to it very much. And I think that that empowers the owner to want to continue doing it. Yeah. And that, and I think your perfect example about the jumping up, that's when it really mm-hmm. kind of hit home for me was when our trainer of our, of our, uh, the new dog that we had brought in a, a couple of years ago, he was young, he was mm-hmm. boisterous and he always jumped up. And she said, she said, don't correct him. Don't tell him not to do that. Turn away and walk away, ignore him. And that will be right. dev- devastating right. to him because he wanted to get your attention. Exactly. And then, and right. then as soon as he's like greets you in the way that you want to be greeted, just love on him all, you know, so that he knows, Oh, that's what gets me the good response so that's a perfect way of thinking for it for me setting your dog up for success exactly yeah right and and i know that you're really big on having people uh improve and develop that bond with their dogs so that they do love the training and they love that interaction with you it's so important but it really helps the humans as well so tell a a little bit about what happens to the bond like what what's happening with that dog when you have these positive training moments and 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 happens with for that bond that they're creating with their pet parent. Right. So when, when an owner is training and training correctly, they will start giving the dog things that they need to earn in life um, for the dog doing appropriate behaviors. And what this does is it creates order for the dog, right? Like dogs like a little bit of like structure. Um, And I think that that helps the bond between the owner and the dog and just like everyday life understanding each other. Um, And if the dog knows what the owner wants and the owner knows how to get the dog to do it, like there's a nice symbiotic relationship there where nobody is getting like frustrated or, Mm -hmm. you know, confused. And I think that that, that really helps. So, you know, if my dog understands that if it sits by the door, it gets to go out to the bathroom, but if it starts running around the house barking, it's not going to go out. Right. And the owner Mm -hmm. is consistent about it. And the dog is going to be consistent about it. How happy are we? Right. We have a dog that goes at the door when it needs something. Um, Or if you've taught your dog to, you know, lay down in its bed while you are feeding your baby. And so you've worked on that and that's what's happening. You have order at home. You're not stressed. Your dog understands exactly where, you know, it needs to be. And, you know, it gets 
playtime later. It knows when it's rest time. It knows when it's playtime. Like everyone in the household is just happier as opposed to like a total frenzy. Um, you know, and when you don't do training and you don't have that bond and your dog hasn't ever learned to listen to you to get what it wants or to get, you know, positive reinforced and it just gets that either, you know, all the time or randomly or for doing things you don't like, then that's when the order isn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes dogs will learn, hey, I just want attention. And even if it's negative attention, it's the same with the child. Even exactly. if it's negative, at least yeah. I'm getting attention. So making exactly. sure that that attention is always positive is, is awesome. So now tell people what they need to look for if, because not everybody's in, in New York, right? So not everybody can go directly to you. So if they're looking for a trainer for their new dog or, or even their existing dog that they've had for a while, but they're like, I need to train this dog. What should they be looking for? Um, I usually will look for the words positive reinforcement on their website. Um, I like it when they say along the lines of creating a, you know, a relationship between the dog and owner. Um, I particularly like it when the trainer requests that the humans are home, right? So it's fine if by session four or five, maybe the trainer needs to teach the dog something and the owner can't be around, but they should really want um, you present. And I always think it's great to have a phone conversation before meeting Mm -hmm. uh, with your trainer. You definitely also have to get along with them as a person um, and make sure that they can kind of tailor um, the training to your specific dog and your needs. And you can get a feel for that by talking to them. I think it's you know, kind of like having a doctor, you know, you need to like, yeah. trust them and get along with them and be able to communicate back and forth. Um, and you do want someone who's going to, you know, be available to you and has the, the correct schedule. Um, you know, APDT.com and CPDT.com, um, those, those websites do have about uh, an ability to put in your zip code and give trainers near you who are certified for positive reinforcement dog training. Is there anything, and we only have a couple more seconds, but is there anything that they should, that should be like, you know, warning signs of, ah, maybe avoid this training? I usually avoid anyone who says along anything that has a shock collar, any pictures of choke chains or shock collars, um, people who use the word balance training, which really means that they use both methods, which to me is not positive reinforcement dog mm-hmm. training, mm-hmm. Um, or anyone who praises, you know, Caesar Milan and, you know, there's a lot of the alpha dominance pack theory right. type training. Right. Typically avoid, avoid that. Good tips. And where can they find out more from you in particular? Um, they can go on shelbydogtraining.com. We have lots of information about our classes and our private sessions and a blog, which, you know, has information on dog training that we update every month. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today, Shelby. Really appreciate it. Great. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Remember, pet lovers, bonding with your pet is extremely important. It really helps build that trust and respect between you and your dog while increasing the love and affection that you have for one another. And it's scientifically proven to improve health and longevity for both you and your pet. So spend some time looking into the different ways that you and your pet can communicate and bond with each other. Thanks so much to the guests that we had today. Tracy Krulik from I Speak Dog, Steve Feldman from Habri, Letitia Fox from Canine Colors, and Shelby, who we just had from Shelby Dog Training. Remember, pet lovers, if you have any questions or ideas for future shows, just drop us a note on our Facebook page. Give us an email at info at petlovergeek.com and we will continue to bring you more geeky, techie, wonderful tips, products, and, and information on Pet Lover Geek brought to you by Pet Hub on Voice America. Thank you for tuning in this week for Pet Lover Geek. 
please join your host, Lori and Clemens, for another edition on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go grab your best friend and take them out and enjoy the rest of your weekend.